You know, this morning, uh, we have some interesting subject, actually all day, the subject of music. But I was just thinking, earlier this week, uh, I found out that a couple of my customers, clients that I have been working with on their homes or whatever, I uh, found out they were in nursing homes. And I went to visit one up in Morgantown. He was more of a, in a recondi- uh, rehab. Yeah, rehab. Because he had broken his hip, and, but yet he was not able to get around. He basically a nursing home situation. But I was able to visit with him there. I visited with him for quite some time. And I asked him if I could pray with him. And he said, well, it doesn't matter if you do, doesn't matter if you don't. He didn't have, doesn't have that faith in God. He doesn't understand. He's like an agnostic, you might say. Which is sad, but yet, I prayed with him. And uh, after I got done praying, he says, that's interesting. <laughs> because he has another lady that visits him at times and prays with him. He says it's a different philosophy, but yet it's a similar you know, and so he can see some things. But it was a blessing. He was thankful that I could go visit him. He was thankful for that time. And then there was another lady that uh, I found out just Wednesday, I think it was, Wednesday or Thursday, that she was in a nursing home. I went and visited her on the way over here. And uh, it was a nice visit as well. But she, I asked her if she liked to read. You know, and she said, yeah, I have my Bible. That's what I have here. Totally different atmosphere. Totally different understanding of, of Christ. And I intend to visit her some more. But, you know, worship. How do we worship? As we come to church this morning, there are many people all over the world that come to church. Why do we come to church? Why do they come to church? Many times it's because of custom, because of family comes to church, because it's the right thing to do. Sometimes it's just plain the friends are there. But why are we here today? The church is the house of God. And that it is the pillar and ground of the truth. It is the place where God manifests himself to his children. Wherever God's people are, he is present. Even here today, he is present, is he not? As we come before him, he comes to be with us. And when the children of Israel came out of Egypt... They wandered in the wilderness, sort of. At this point, before they came to Sinai, they weren't really wandering, were they? God brought them to Sinai. Why did he bring them to Sinai? He wanted to dwell among them, and he had him build him a sanctuary. Let's turn to Exodus 29, verse 44. I'd like us to use our Bibles this morning and open our Bibles. Exodus 26, 
starting with verse 44. Twenty-nine, I'm sorry. Twenty-nine, verse forty-four. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to, to minister to me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and I will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them, I am the Lord their God. God wanted to dwell among his people. He wanted a unique, special people. A people that considered him to be sovereign. Now there's a reason for worship. <clears throat> In the desert, God richly blessed the people of Israel, providing them support and protection for 40 years. He revealed himself to his people and then taught them true worship. Is that not what we want to understand, what true worship is? Amen. God gives us many reasons to worship him. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 95. Psalm 95, verse 1. <clears throat> Psalm 95, 1. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. You know, this text invites us to... Praise the Lord. Why? Because He's the rock of our salvation. Let's look at Psalm 107, verse 8. 107, verse 8. <clears throat> oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. We praise the Lord for His goodness, for His works. In this text, it brings that out. Let's turn over, over to Jeremiah chapter 20. <coughs> Jeremiah 20, verse 13. <clears throat> Jeremiah 20, verse 13. Sing unto the Lord, praise ye the Lord. For he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of the evildoers. You know, there's a lot of sin, wickedness, destruction in the world from evildoers, from sinners. But the Lord protects us, doesn't he? If we uh, put our trust in him and we are to praise him for these things. Many are the wonders of the Lord. When we recognize this, we humbly bow down before Him and worship Him. As we turn back to Genesis 24-26, which was our text that we opened with, why was it that Abraham's servant bowed down 
and worship. It says here, And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. This was because his petition was answered. And there was a woman, a lady, that fit the requirements that had been placed. And she was a relative as well that, uh, and of uh, Abraham. And he bowed himself down and worshipped. Worship is a reaction. This is what happened for the servant. As God blesses us, we, in response, praise Him and worship Him. <clears throat> and the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. Gratitude is the main reason for worship. As we see the goodness and mercy of God, we realize how worthy He is and our heart feels a desire to praise Him. So what is worship? Worship is how we... Worship is the way we show our love to God. Let's turn to Matthew 22. Matthew 22, 37. <clears throat> Now, this is speaking about a lawyer. And Jesus saith unto him, said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Here, Jesus did not revoke the Ten Commandments, did he? But he communicated the duty of Christians, of all Christians. The commandments are a rule of conduct, the principles that we live by. Love to God and love to our neighbor are the two principles of, of the commandments. We spoke about that, the love to God, in, in the uh, lesson this morning. What comes first? Our love to God. The first purpose of life should be the love to God and all our, our strength and all our understanding. Love to God is the very foundation of pure and undefiled religion. Supreme love to God is an evidence that the truth is an abiding principle in the mind and heart. So love to God is the very foundation of pure, undefiled religion, which is not that worship. As we have the love to God, it's the very foundation of our, of our worship. <clears throat> Loving God means worshiping Him, putting Him as the center of our life. It means we are concerned with others' interests. We no longer live for ourselves, but rather we live for God. Let's turn to Exodus 34. <clears throat> Exodus 34, verse 14. 
The word worship is found many places in the Old Testament. And this is, is an example of uh, where it is found, one of the words where it's found in Exodus 34:14. "For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God." The word worship is translated from the word shaka, which also is translated bow down. An example of this is found in Exodus 23, 24. Turning over to 23, verse 24. Just reading the first part here. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them. So this is the uh, same word. And we are bidden in Psalm 95, 6. 95, verse 6. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. The word worship in the Bible is always linked to an action, something that is done. If someone claims to love God and speaks of it, but yet no actions are done, do they love God? They can say all they want, but yet it has no value in, in God's sight. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Love is something that works in us, and we have an action that takes place. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 10, chapter 10, verse 31. You can worship God in many ways, in every thought, in every action. God asks us to worship Him at all times. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. What does that include? Does that include when we sleep? Does that include when we're eating? That includes when we're walking, when we're talking to others? It includes everything. Whatever we do, we are to do to the glory of God. As part of worship, our daily lives are a worship to God. The true worshiper glorifies the Lord more by doing. Going, sorry. The true worshiper glorifies God more uh, than by going to church. Although church, coming to church and fellowshipping is important, there's more to it than that. Let's look in Psalm 27, verse 4. Psalm 27, 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, 
to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The Lord asks us to be in his presence every day. The beautiful song that was sung today, talking about being in the presence of the Lord. How can we be in the presence of the Lord? It's not something that we can just plain go to a place and be in the presence of the Lord. We can go many places in the world, but yet not be in the presence of the Lord. But as our minds are meditating upon His Word, upon His goodness, what He has done for us, we can come into the presence of the Lord in humility, confessing our sins. When our hearts are tuned to praise our Maker, not only in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, but also in our lives, we shall live in communion with heaven. Our offering of grateful thanks will not be spasmodic or reserved for special occasions. There will be gratitude in the heart, in the home, and in the home. In private as well as public devotion, this constitutes the true worship of God. So here we have a definition of the true worship of God. It's all-encompassing. I'll read it again. When our hearts are tuned to the praise of our Maker, not only in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, but also in our lives, we shall live in communion with heaven. Our offering of grateful thanks will not be spasmodic or reserved for special occasions. There will be gratitude in the heart and in the home, in private as well as in public devotion. (coughs) This constitutes the true worship of God. (coughs) Music is an excellent way to worship God. This day, today we're considering music as a uh, subject. And music forms a part of God's worship in the courts above. Lucifer, he had a voice to sing, didn't he? And we should endeavor in our songs to praise, to approach as nearly as possible, to the harmony of the heavenly choirs. The proper training of the voice is an important feature in education and should not be neglected. Singing as a part of religion, of religious service, is as much an act of worship as prayer. Where does singing come in? Singing music is an important thing. The melody of heaven. Can you imagine what we were talking about this morning, about the music that is in heaven? The heavenly courts are filled with music. Around God there are beings praising Him. Music is an act of worship. It is not just to sing with technical ability or to play an instrument well. It is true that God requires us to offer the best we can do. But real praise is a matter of 
is not a matter of technical, of good technique. Music in a worship setting is not merely an artistic expression such that an accomplished musician presents in a concert hall. It's much more than that. It is a presentation that aims to please God and magnify His holy name. As we sing, as we play, who are we playing before? Are we playing before the congregation? Or are we playing before our Creator? We are praising Him. We are to be praising Him. Uh, praising the Creator is who we are to be playing our music for. When singing or playing an instrument, the musician presents an offering to God. He is the main recipient of our praise. Oftentimes we take the praise to ourselves, but that's an abomination, a presentation to God. When presenting music, the worshiper also presents himself a sacrifice to the Lord. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, verse 15. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. And again, let's turn to Psalm 69. Psalm 6930 and verse 31. I will praise the name of the God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bullock that hath horns and hoofs. God is pleased when His worshipers address Him with praise and gratitude in the heart. He looks at the heart of the musician. He doesn't listen to the words so much, but He looks at the heart. And true worship is not just worship with the lips, but it's worship from the heart, the whole being. In Isaiah 29.13, It says, Wherefore the Lord said, Forasmuch as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. God hates hypocrisy. The lips can say what they want to, but if the heart is not in unison with the lips, it's, it's hypocrisy. And the Lord, the Lord hates formality and hypocrisy. There is nothing more offensive to God's, in God's sight than a display of instrumental music when those taking part are not consecrated, are not making melody in their hearts to the Lord. What does that say? 
as we present music. And if we present music without our heart, it's offensive to God. Music is a part of worship, a very much a part of worship. But as we come together and as we sing, do we pick up the hymnal and do we sing without really thinking? Do we sing the words without really thinking? Do we have a heart to sing? Those words should be, be meaningful to us. And we should praise the Lord with those words. Many times they are an experience of our heart, but also an expression of our heart is what they should be. And if they aren't, what is this saying? It's an offensive to God. Offense. God loves the musician more than the music. He wants our hearts, not just the music. God seeks worshipers. Today we are talking about worship, but God does not demand worship. He seeks worshipers. <clears throat> he looks at the musicians of his church and asks, asks essentially, is there anyone that really loves me? Is there anyone that wants to place his life in my hands? That, make, that will make me sovereign of his life? That's the kind of commitment that he is looking for. The Lord calls us to be true worshipers. Amen.